Hello, my children of the night, and welcome to Dank Farrak, a Star Wars podcast. I'm doing like a Transylvania thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm one of your hosts, Carlos, and I'm here with the other host, Tyler. And today, we're going to talk about mainly uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Now that all episodes are out, uh, we're going to talk in depth about each and every single detail of it. And oh, no, I'm kidding. We're probably not going to be that much, but uh, we're going to talk uh, uh, about the show, and I think it's cool because now that we see the whole picture, we can like t- take a judgment of the whole arc, um, and yeah, it's going to be fun. But Tyler, that's, an, you- that's a nice way to brush over that we've been absent for the entirety of the show and that people have been looking forward to listening to us talk about each episode, and we've just been gone because you've been a goat and i've been trying to record with you i i have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> no excuses uh, i was always here you're just never, never ready to see i'm outing you <laughs> to the audience <laughs> yeah that's fine that's fine um but yeah but uh, tyler tell us a little bit uh you since the time we've recorded yep so the last stuff. episode i released was just me uh you know, it was, a, it was a tough time for the two of us with uh, what happened with Carlos with Celebration. But, you know, I I did end up going and, you know, I went with the experience as a cosplayer and as a fan of Star Wars, but mainly going to cosplay. And it was fucking incredible. And I, I honestly, in a way, Carlos, I'm really glad that your Celebration experience wasn't with me only for the fact that when I'm in cosplay, it's not that I'm like being like a dickhead diva or anything, but I basically need like a caretaker to watch over me. And I didn't want that burden put on you as you're trying to like walk around and wander and experience the panels and everything like that. And there was only so much I could do and maneuver. And like, I couldn't sit in on all the panels. I couldn't do a lot of what you probably would have wanted to do there. So in a way, I'm almost grateful that like your first experience with celebration wasn't with me and i'm hoping that you go to london next year which i'm not going to be able to go to i i think i might but then at least if you get that out of the way then we could both go to the the next one in uh 2024 hopefully hopefully see uh no but uh there's lord vader in the background yeah he's talking (laughs) or something um yeah, no, every time you brought that cosplay thing, like, I need a handler, and I'm like, okay, it's, what's that? <laughs> dude, like, it's demanding, because I need somebody to watch over me. There's so many people, you have to think. It's such a crowded environment, and people are bumping into you, and, like, I'm really, like, worried about, you know, pieces of my armor and stuff breaking, like, people bumping into the jetpack, and, like, you know, there's a lot of rude people who don't understand, like, how delicate all of your the stuff is that you put together. And you need somebody to watch your back. You can't cosplay in something like that alone. Maybe if you're like dressed up as a Jedi or something, but if you're wearing like a full piece of armor, like you're very limited with what you're able to do. Like I couldn't touch anything with my gloves. I couldn't really like feel my hands. And um, my friend Mike was the one who, you know, had like our bag with our, our phone and our wallets and everything like that. So you know, I was just constantly having him watch over me and just knowing like you and the, the experience <laughs> that I know you would have wanted to have had 
you would have been really pissed off at me. And yeah. So I'm sort of grateful that you didn't have that burden on you. I would have felt really bad, but at the same time, like I could not do that without someone. So yeah, um, I'm very grateful that my friend Mike went sort of in your place. Yeah. And, uh, it, it was a it was a really good time for what it was. The best I will say, aside from the cosplay, the best thing, which was fucking, I can't even describe how epic it was. I, I recorded a quick video of it, which I'll have to send to you. I think I did actually. So oh, all of a sudden, on the live stage, which is in the center of one of the uh, main rooms, where like it was the same giant room where all the people were getting autographs and photos and all that. Yeah. Um. All of a sudden, on the live stage and this is on the Thursday, the first day, we hear the host basically alluding that Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen are both about to appear on stage. And you start to hear the duel of fates and you just see a fucking tidal wave of people. Once they realize like what's about to happen, just bum rushing this stage. Mm -hmm. And it was a just fucking stampede of excited fans, like running towards this stage to go watch them. Cause like, Hayden Christensen wasn't even announced at that point to be there. Mm -hmm. So this was like the big reveal that he was there mm -hmm. and everyone just ran up to this stage. And luckily we got like a good spot, like pretty close up to the stage. And just to see them come out was, it was fucking magical, man. You know, what's crazy. Uh, I yeah. saw, I saw the video. Yeah. I remember that yeah, video. You, you yeah. You've me. seen the video. Yeah. Uh, but I also love that uh, at the end, the, um... Hayden Christensen said, "This uh, is where the fun is, begins." Yeah, yeah. and everyone, and everyone, everyone went, went fucking nuts. <laughs> like it's just like it just goes to show how much the the prequels and like the memes and all that have impacted the fan base. Yeah, and uh, I know they showed the the show there too. I don't know if you were were you able to catch that the the pilot. I think it was the first two episodes. So I actually was not able to go in on that. I didn't find out about it until like after it was already booked. Oh, so I just watched it in the hotel room. But um, that's the other thing. The panels were a fucking nightmare to try to get into it. Like every morning you basically had to try to like sign into the app. And then there was the light speed lane reservation. And it, it would start at 9 a.m. every morning. Mm -hmm. And I would jump on there literally like, you know, 15, 30 minutes before. And it just basically says like you're waiting to even just get put on the website before the queue even starts. And then nine on the dot, and you just see you're at queue five or 10,000. Yeah. So oh, wow. you're just instantly fucked. Yeah. I did, the only panel that I got into was the one with the Emperor. Yes. And it's because we snuck in. The yes. rest of them, we could not get Ooh. into. So it, it was like... It really bummed me out because I tried every single morning. There was people who got into every single uh, panel, panel that they reserved or tried to get into, and I didn't get a single one. So it's like it's the system's kind of fucked, but the system's broke. Luckily, since oh, I was yeah, focused yeah. on the cosplay, I just didn't even give a shit. Plus, I had so many of the autographs and uh, photo ops to go to that, like it, it kind of like took over the time too. Hey, you got Palpatine, dude, and that he's. Pretty... I didn't. I didn't end up getting the photo op with them, though. No, but the, the the panel. I mean, yeah, the panel. The panel was cool. Uh, and he's really funny, and he, he likes he's, stories. He's, he's fucking awesome. <laughs> it, it was, George Lucas. <laughs> it was cool to sit there, and we ended up like so. We it's funny because when we snuck in, nobody was checking like the reservations or like your tickets or anything. 
And they were like having us like come up to the very front, like with the the Jedi Master passes. Yeah. And my friends were like, "No, let's just go sit in the fucking back." Like, so we sat up on the balcony mm-hmm. section in like a completely empty area, and it was just so relaxing and cool because like we just got to like just chill out by ourselves and just watch it from afar, and it, it made it very cool because like we weren't like crammed in with anybody. Yeah, and in retrospect. Um... It's also cool because we know that we know that Ian McDermott is still very much involved with the Star Wars universe, as we recently yeah. found out. Yep. <laughs> he yes. lied. Yeah, he, he did lie, which you know we kind of it's expected. Yeah, he did a good job though, because I fully believed him at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing though that is kind of like a blessing that you didn't go to celebration. I realized when I was there that I was missing every major reveal and announcement that was coming right. out. Right, because I because was telling them to you. You, Yeah, you were the one telling me what was happening because yeah. e- either you hear it on the live stage or you miss everything. Yeah, right. And when, you know, there's five or six rooms and then three or four floors worth of stuff that yeah. you're walking around and looking at, you can't see the announcements for the new trailers and the new you know, stuff coming out. So Mm -hmm. you were literally like my bird's eye just from (laughs) the the online stuff that, you know, the people who weren't at Celebration got to see immediately. Because the most random one, I think, where you were like, I think at that point you were not believing me any longer. Yeah. That's what I say. They're doing a a, a spin-off with Jude Law and a bunch (laughs) of kids. (laughs) And you're like, what? I remember that and I was so confused. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's skeleton crew. What? Yeah. What I was like, fuck? I have no idea what you're talking about. Because like you, because that was at the point where like you didn't know that I was not able to see all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I so you're just like talking to me like I like I knew exactly what yeah. you were talking about. It's gonna be like, great to watch the Jude Law show, right? Yeah, I, was like, I was like, what? What are you talking about, dude? <laughs> so uh, yeah. yeah, little did you know. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's fun. Either way, oh, I I gotta mention real quick. So. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I really wish you were at because it was truly the greatest, probably one of the top moments of my life. I, I really have to say the after party that I oh, bought the tickets to. Motherfucker. The guys from Thank the Maker podcast put on this thing called Mosh Isley, which was uh-huh. a very limited group of people who reserved tickets to this basically like a grunge bar. Yeah. And they, you know, these guys who do the podcast are like band members, like they, they have their own bands and shit. Right. And they put on a basically like an emo punk rock concert Oof. that they played all the classics of like the 2000s emo punk music. Uh, yeah, yeah, And everyone was just getting fucked up and everyone in the crowd was, everyone was wearing something Star Wars. A lot of people wore like light cosplay or like you know some sort of knockoff punk thing and uh, so many people had lightsabers and then on the stage you had boba fett and then stormtroopers came out and darth vader and you know um just to see everybody on stage like going crazy like you know helping like dance to the music and sing to the music and then everybody in the crowd just going nuts and we were just getting fucked up like i was double fisting beers the whole night I got fucked up and it was just, dude, it was the funnest night ever. And I got so many videos of it. Cause like most of these songs I haven't heard in fucking years. 
but they're songs that I really love. Yeah, it just triggers like part of your growing up, right? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of like the stuff from middle school and high school that I yeah. listened to and loved, like, you know, some 41 get, and yeah. all those <laughs> All the My Chemical Romance and all, all those, those bands. The hormones kick in again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and all those memories come back. But then, like, you realize, like, I am in a group, uh, I'm in a room full of Star Wars nerds, people like me, who yeah. love what this oh, is all amazing. about. And it was just, oh my God, it was the best time of my life. That must have been so, the greatest feeling. So, yeah. I just wish, like, you know, some more people that I knew were there to experience that because it was right. it was truly special. Oh, that, that would that would have probably been, like, the most fun on the part of the whole trip i really think that would have been your favorite part too because it really was fucking amazing so shout out to those guys for that it, it was incredible thank the maker podcast right thank the maker podcast check awesome. them out check them out all right well we've heard how delicate you and your customer are. we've heard about the, <laughs> the punk rock party <laughs> uh but now uh we gotta talk about obi-wan hello there <laughs> yeah, we did it at the same time. <laughs> oh, what a nerd. Um, I, I'll just start out and, and see, see like general stuff and then we'll dig in. Okay. Um, <laughs> you're excited. <laughs> <aren't> you? <laughs> Dude, it's, it's like kind of mind boggling. Like we have to go over an entire series now. Yeah, but it's short. Um, like this could have been a movie. That's one of, one of my first things. It, not only could it have been a movie, it would have been better as a movie. It would have been better as a movie. I agree. Um, this show, I think, bit, like started out slow, but when it reached it, its finale, like it, I felt like the 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 payoff was was good because it it it, ha- it took its time to build it. You know, right? Um, I like the writing for the most part. Like just like script wise, like the characters and their journeys and their arcs mm-hmm. made total sense to me. Right. Um, the direction was a little bit uneven. Yeah. Um, sometimes the performances were great, and sometimes not that great. Mm-hmm. Like people like uh, uh, Roken, like O'Shea Jackson, Jackson, uh, Jackson right. Jr. Yeah. Um, he just looked like he just like didn't know what he was doing really <laughs> like he was just reading the script you know what i mean yeah um and he's a good actor too no no no. i'm not knocking on him like this yeah, is the, no, no, the, this is the george lucas syndrome where yeah. the actors are like what and um and uh and yeah so i liked it from like the story story point of view i thought some of the direction wasn't even and i thought the production value was kind of shitty. <laughs> Completely agree. I 110% agree. And it I felt knew, pretty cheap. I, dude, I knew that you would think the same thing because we had the same discussion on Boba Fett. Yeah. And yeah, I this, knew that... This looked even less cinematic. It's cr- it's Dude, it's mind-boggling. Like, yeah. What is it about fucking Mando that gets all the money and all the all the hard work on the production and then these just feel like like cheap fan film garbage i think you know what i think it is and i don't want to knock like I, I, I like from from where i'm standing the difference the main difference to me is not that they have more money or they have whatever mm-hmm. it's just 
that uh, John Favreau is like more experienced in making genre films. Like he made Elf for not he a lot of money. Elf, yeah. He made the first Iron Man for probably not a lot of money. You know what I mean? Uh, in comparison to what those movies are now, like cost wise, right? Like it's probably like the people who come from like the indie world who know how to make the 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 money show on screen. Yeah, um, I feel like uh, probably this production team uh, led by Deborah Shaw wasn't as um, astute at uh, making the show feel bigger. And making it making it feel like the the largest low budget show possible, you know what I mean? Right. Um, because not only like Mandalorian looks better, but it's also more episodes. It's like eight episodes a season. Mm-hmm. So like you know, like the money should have been better spread out. Right. Um, you know, and it's weird because there's, and I feel like the same thing happened with Boba Fett. So there's episodes where it feels like more money went into the production value than other episodes yes um so with this show i felt like when they were on the the city planet that's you know kind of like coruscant that felt big budget dayu yeah that felt like bigger scale right It, it looked it looked better and then you get to the episodes with um like episode, I believe it's three, three with yeah, three. the mole man, and yeah. you know them just in the desert. It, yeah, it feels so much smaller scale, and it, like you literally just look at it and you're like, they're out in like fucking Nevada or some shit. Yeah, it's like it, California. Like, it doesn't look like a Star Wars world. It's weird because like even Tunisia in 1977 in the original Star Wars felt like an alien world. Yeah, it looks otherworldly. Even though it's a desert, it still looks otherworldly, which this did not. It it just feels cheap. Like and... like I said, it, it felt like and and you know what what I, why I think it also looks cheaper than the other shows? It's not so much that it might be like less money or whatever, but also we've seen like in, in the case of Mandalorian, those are new characters and they're meant to be in the darkness in the underworld, in the city corners of the galaxy. Right. These characters, we've seen them on feature films, like like the biggest feature films of all time, yeah. and we're we're used to seeing them like in the biggest canvas, like the the what I, what I brought up in the third episode with the Vader and, and Obi Wan confrontation and mm-hmm. how shipped it looked because it, it looked yeah. like it was like two hours away from Santa Monica, yeah, um, even less. Um, it's that the last time we saw these characters encounter each other was in the fucking volcanic planet of Mustafar and like right. shit was falling apart yeah. and like they're swinging in vines and you know. And, it's- then, <laughs> and then suddenly Vader and Obi-Wan's first encounter with each other are at literally like a construction lot with yes. like mound- mounds of, of fucking dirt and sand. Just yes. Like- it felt like there was like a 7-Eleven down the, down the road. <laughs> yeah. It was like a, it was like part of like the big, the big Lebowski fucking yeah. production or some shit. And, and, and it's funny because Obi Wan looked like uh, he the looks dude. like the dude. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, well, that's just like your opinion, man. When he said like, I am what you made me. Well, yeah. that's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so so I think that's another reason the show might even be perceived as cheaper looking. It's because we're used to seeing these characters in the biggest way possible you know here's the other ones I, I feel like that's like unfair though it's like for us to say 
oh, it's because we've seen them on bigger scale stuff. Like you can, as a director and as creators of a something like this, of mm-hmm. a piece of media, you can make something look larger scale. Like sure. I'm not gonna, That's I'm not I'm gonna saying. toot my own horn, but okay. I made my short Sounds film like you're about the Hun. To. I'm no, no. <laughs> just, just, just okay, this is ahead. completely trying to not be like you know biased. I, I rarely ever like mention my own work when it comes to this sort of thing, but. Compare like so my my short film The Hun, which is a World War One film, shows American soldiers in a trench in World War One, and a lot of the same shots we see in a film which comes out after my film came out, nineteen seventeen, directed by Sam Mendes. That film mm-hmm. had a hundred million dollar budget compared to my twenty three thousand dollars, which I used for the film, and. It's crazy that like you could look at my film and look at that film and the scale almost looks the same when you compare just like the scenery and the set design and shit like that because we just put so much fucking effort into it and while they had the money and the time to do it, they focused more on like the technological side with like the cinematography being like an all fluid one shot thing and it's just insane to see like the side for side shot, they look almost like the same fucking movie. So I think like, it's not fair for us to think just because we've seen those characters in like a bigger scale thing that they shouldn't be held to a higher standard with the vast resources they have at Disney and Lucasfilm to make the episodes not feel cheap and fan filmy, you know? Well, like, yeah, I'm not saying they shouldn't be held to that center they should be absolutely I'm because just saying. especially like they have mandalorian as the fucking baseline for all of these disney shows right these star wars shows and that does not feel cheap and fan filmy besides maybe like rodriguez's <laughs> episode in season two amando i would yeah. say that's the only exception but... that one that one was one of those episodes where it felt like it was in california but the rest of them don't and yeah, why true. why can't these other disney shows replicate that that same feeling of grandness and otherworldliness. I don't think, I, I, I think it comes back. Well, I, I stand by the fact that I think it's, it's a, a leadership, a, a leadership thing. Leadership. Leadership. leadership yeah, <laughs> quite literally. Basically, uh, <laughs> you're not wrong. Is <laughs> that uh, John Favreau, you know, has experience in this stuff. Uh, making big mo- I don't think has Deborah Shaw ever directed a movie. I think she's only done TV. Um, I'm not sure. God, I don't know. But I don't. Uh, I don't, don't want to say yes or no. In any, in any regard, she hasn't done anything on this scale except for that episode of Mando. She did. You know, in, she did. One. She did two episodes of. Oh, Mando, two. Sorry. And they're good. You know, th- yeah, listen. That's the other thing. I don't know what it is. Like Rod- Robert Rodriguez, same same exact thing. Where these directors directed episodes in The Mandalorian, and yes. it was they were excellent episodes. Right, they did such a great job. But then when they're given their own shows, they are very flawed as directors and creators. And you know, hats off to them, like for getting to this point and like working on something like Star Wars. And in in some of their own rights, they did do a good job. But at yes. the same time, there is a lot of fucking flaws in both of their directing. True. It's very evident in this show and Book of Boba Fett. So as a director myself, I am one to say like 
criticisms should be aired out in the open and that's that's how we all as creators get better so like you know that's the kind of thing i'd like to talk about especially you know in this podcast episode yeah what Uh, all did you think mm -hmm. were the main issues with her directing okay so starting out There were like there were some like 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 in film they call them day players you know actors who show up for like a day or two yeah and have like one or two scenes like O'Shea Jackson is one of them and like uh, the the guy who played Nari the the Jedi who got hung in the town square oh yeah 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 and I think he's like one of the Safety brothers who is also they're also directors mm-hmm. and um, that was a Safety brother yeah really yeah yeah wow crazy right yeah and uh kumail was kumail was good but you know he was still like just doing kumail yeah um and i feel like in, in, in like those characters specifically those type of characters they didn't have like they they, they, they felt aimless you know what i mean but, but i think that's more of a writing issue well, not really, because like the director, like I felt like the the characters in concept work perfectly well, and like as 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 on the script, it's just like the the I didn't feel like the actors uh, inhabited them uh, well enough, and like I could tell like they learned that shit right before they said action, and probably uh, a lot. They were a lot not, of lines. you know, I, I don't feel like they were engaged with it. The only char- the yeah. only character who, well, it wasn't really a, a a a day player because they had a bigger role was the the. Uh, Tala was her name. Tala, yeah, yeah. She, she, the actress, like that. That scene was just she's, infiltrating. She's the... a very good actress. Uh, yeah, obviously from Game of Thrones, she was the Sand Snake, uh, Ilaria Sand. Yeah, yeah that is, uh, I, By the way, her death in Game of Thrones is one of the most fucked up deaths. When they watch, like, great. It was <laughs> a great, great death scene. When they watch her, watch her daughter decompose in front of her. Yeah, <laughs> and then. Fucked. And then Cersei just has her in the dungeon getting yeah. raped by the uh, the mountain. Oh yeah. Um. But anyway. anyway. <laughs> um. She was great. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. She didn't. She didn't die down there getting raped. That was the uh, the um. Oh god, it's been so long. That, that was the, the the religious lady. Right, right, right. Uh, this one was just like tied, like watching her daughter decompose. And yeah, dying she watches her daughter die. Yeah, yeah. Um. But anyway, she was great. I, I thought her, her like infiltrating the the Inquisitorius fortress, whatever, was good. Um, there was some goofy stuff also with like uh, like the um, in direction wise. There was some goofy logic, or like that funky was that, logic. Dude, that bothered me so fucking much. Like that episode four, and, and I feel like for a lot of people was probably the worst one. Yeah, because I've seen that. because it was so fucking doofy and things didn't make sense and even with her her character, um, like literally slapping a stormtrooper in the fucking helmet and like how how these buffoons let this unarmed woman just like take their guns and kill them, like it just feels so slapstick. And then you have Obi Wan literally with his lightsaber like smacking. Stormtrooper's armor with his lightsaber, which should go right fucking through them, and it's literally bouncing off of them like a sword, because the editing and the way they directed it was not good. Yeah, like, well, yeah, 
it, it's just it's just fucking weird like bad directing and coordination and the stunts for the fighting like was very off for the first i would say the first four episodes and then five and six well, were great with that that's the thing that i mentioned at the beginning is i feel like the show paid off big big time but you could tell they saved all, like m- like 80 percent of their focus and concentration went to the last two episodes and that's the problem is that yeah. that was the clear it's it's sort of like how people were like Oh, the first, uh, the prequel trilogy, you could tell, like, episode three was the one that George really wanted to tell. That was the story yeah. he wanted to tell. This was the story that they wanted to tell. They yeah. they only focused on the duel between Vader and Obi-Wan, and they just f- found a way to get it to that point without really spending the time to get us there and develop the characters and the story around us. And I would say, like, the biggest problem for me is so many, I would say most of the side characters, very forgettable. Yes. Like, especially for a show. Dude, I did not. Yeah. You want, you want to like the side characters. I didn't give a fucking rat's ass about any of them. The only ones that I liked. Um, so the Ilaria sand actress, uh, what was her character? Tala. She did a good job. She like she probably of all the side characters had like the most, you know, yes, most meat good to humane developed story. Uh, Leia obviously big part of it, and the actress did an incredible job. And, like, I was gonna say some people are like like th- there's a like Leia in this show camp and don't like Leia in this show. Yeah, camp. but like and I'm in the like. I'm in the I'm in the like as well. I was on the fence at first, like if she should have had this large of a role, just because we didn't want to. We're fearful of muddying the waters of her seeming like she didn't know Kenobi in Episode Four, right? But they did it in a way that they could like make it understandable. Like they had to tell a lie and like try to like pretend just for protection. Like her involvement alone is just worth it. For that last scene when when Obi Wan tells her about her parents, her and that's a great that's point a because, great fucking moment because that sort of un undoes the weird plot hole of Episode Six where Leia knows about her mother and her characteristics and her qualities because Leia was a fucking infant and she didn't meet her mother so yeah. People were thinking at first, like, oh, she has good senses with the Force, and she like well, either that. read her mother or her father told her about him, or about he told her about him, her. Jesus Christ, why couldn't I say that? <laughs> um, <laughs> but this this completely undoes that and shows that Obi Wan then tells her about her mother and like what she was like. Well, I, I think well, it doesn't really undo undoes that because the the, the way Leia described it is. She died when I was very young, and I remember she was very sad and beautiful, and those are not things that Obi-Wan described at all. So right. I think there's still some force attunement that's probably into that. But then, like, you also have to assume Bail Organa, like, you know, just just knowing that Leia knows that she's adopted is a good thing that they included in this show, because then it right. shows that she probably did have discussions with him about her parents, at least somewhat. And right. she did learn more about like Padme, right? But the the way Return of the Jedi phrases it is that she's rem- she's thinking about her from memory rather than from like third party yeah. accounts. You but know like what I mean? you know, there's only uh, so much you could do. 
Yeah. I, I feel like they did a good way of like making <laughs> it seem like she didn't have to learn this on her own from her own abilities True. while being a fucking infant. <laughs> also, by the way, the, the greatest thing for, for me, for there are several things that I love about Leia's involvement in this. One, yeah. the actress was great. Uh, her running away was kind of goofy, but whatever. Oh, we'll get uh, into that. Hold on. But uh, there was... So there were some great moments where I could feel like the 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 leader, you know, the one who's yeah. gonna inherit this war, yeah, uh, forming, and it's like moments when she asks Tala, like, "Is it ever scary when you have to like pretend, you know, stuff like that?" Where you, you you can see in the future when she's like a senator and she has to pretend that she's not part of the rebellion, or moments like uh, uh, I think when she's talking to 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 Roken or some other rebel member. Uh, I can't remember exactly, but the point was that um, you could tell that like she was starting to realize why she needed to fight for for the rebellion, right? And also, by the way, Ben, the the fact that uh, <laughs> she names uh, her daughter and it, her son, sorry, it makes a lot more sense ben. why she would name Ben Solo Ben Solo. Uh, it like all of those stuff, little stuff that informs Leia's character. I feel like adds so much more depth to her in the original trilogy, but also it really in, does in the in, sequels too, because uh, it feels like a, a, a more uh, complete circle. You know, it exactly, feels like her, yeah. her involvement in the Skywalker saga makes more sense now, given that there was so much focus on Luke in the movies, right? And her having that uh, focus uh, really uh, makes the twins feel more equal now. I agree. I agree. Um, they they did a really good job with Leia in this, and I think her involvement was done very well. And it it really is a celebration of the character yes. of Leia. Like they they did it in such a really respectful, like honoring way, while like adding to the story and the lore and the the character of Leia. And I, you know you could just tell like Carrie Fisher would have been so proud of oh of yes this, um, of her involvement. And uh, the actress did such an amazing job. With one, that one, role. Of the, one of the the moments where I felt the show didn't feel cheap, and I kind of loved it, was uh, I think Alderaan looked great on screen, especially oh, yeah. like the, the yeah. cityscape stuff. You know, yeah. Uh, the The woods was kind of like, when they went into the woods, you could tell oh, they were trying to run away from 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 the CGI, right. yeah, <laughs> as to not pay for it. Yeah, but when when they showed the city. It felt like straight out from the yeah exactly yeah they they did a good job with Alderaan and um, going back to the directing man <laughs> you know all right so let me let me give you some context though all right yeah. so I'm sitting watching the first two episodes when it premiered right mm-hmm. in Star Wars Celebration we're at California in our hotel room it was me my friend Mike and our friend Dan who used your pass. Oh really? <laughs> who lives who lives in uh San Diego. Okay. He came he so he's from he's from here where I live, but he's living there currently and he came out and visited us for uh two two of the days. Okay. And he w- he is a the most casual fan you could find. So like he doesn't right. really know like the greater lore. He's just in for a good time, just right, like, right, a right. super carefree guy. So it was super interesting to watch him watch the show with yeah. us because his reactions were so different. And like, he was just so much more like on the nose, like, Oh, like that worked, that didn't work. And like, doesn't think about all the greater like connections. Yeah. He fucking laughed his ass off when Leia is in the chase scene. Yeah. 
and these fucking like buffoons. Who are these guys? We got Flea from Flea, the fucking yeah. Red Hot Chili Peppers. I was actually why I was watching it with my brother, who's like the biggest Red Hot Chili Peppers fan. <laughs> He's seen the Red Hot Chili Peppers like three times live. He just he just saw them like two weeks ago again. Uh, and uh, the first time you see Flea, you don't see his face. You right, hear his right. voice, yeah, and just by hearing his voice, he, knew, he was he like, knew. "Is that Flea?" Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> it was like, "No, of course not." What do you mean? And then they they put the camera on him, and I was like, "Holy shit!" So then is. when we so then when we see Flea, and then we see the rest of his fucking buffoons, and I call them buffoons because they earn that role. Leia somehow, as a fucking ten year old with her little ass legs, is able to <laughs> outrun these guys. She's doing like slides and shit down the hill. They're running into branches. Like, how how do you direct this? The and not make it family. Like, why <laughs> as a director, how do you have this script and be like, all right, there's no way that we can make this like not ridiculous. Like, I would just change the fucking writing to make it like they catch her pretty easily because the. The whole chase aspect did not work at all, and it was ridiculous. And my friend Dan was just, he was drunk to the, off his ass, but he was hysterically <laughs> laughing at this. It was like you know, how how could they possibly make a ten year old outrun these guys? There was another moment I think in in the and then she uh, outruns Kenobi. Yeah, yeah, she outruns Kenobi in, in that, which I thought that was also goofy, it but was, but not um, as bad, right? But you know the. I'm trying. I'm starting to think. I don't know if it's like a stagecraft thing. You know the LED screens they do. Yeah, yeah. It's like the actors don't have a lot of runway to run, so they just kind of oh, <laughs> jog <yeah>. like idiots. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm pretty sure. I I don't think that was the real woods. I think that was like a, a set, you know. And um, but yeah, it was so goofy because she went under under like some uh, 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 tree branches and right, then right, right. one of the one of the the robbers it looked like a like a, a warner brothers cartoon one of the <laughs> robbers uh went on to to get her and then but he was he was stopped by the by the log that she went under right and, but uh, as if he didn't as if as if he couldn't tell from running towards it that it was gonna stop him you know it was <laughs> yeah. it was it was like kid logic you know it's yeah it's... it was like a kid's show in that in that aspect also like that when when he's when 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 Obi Wan is is taking her under her under his coat, like outside of the the Inquisitors. Oh my fortress. god, bro! <laughs> when that happened, I was instantly thinking of Austin Powers with uh yeah, Mini Me with yeah. Mini Me in his coat, walking on. It was on Mini's Mini. He was on Mini Me's shoulders. Yes, and Mini Me. You just see Mini Me's little legs, but they're just walking around with the giant ass like sticking out. That's what I thought of because it's so ridiculous how they could think this would like work well in this show it was so it was like way too goofy to mean like to to be meaningful or cool or dramatic or like anything it was just so fucking ridiculous i couldn't get into it and then the other problem with that fucking episode who the this this fucking guy wade (laughs) this 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 pilot of the fucking uh not rebellion. The, the, the not <laughs> fucking snow speeder. <laughs> yeah. Is killed. And very unsurprisingly killed. And how does this guy, who we don't know a fucking damn thing about, 
get a bigger scene of mourning than Han fucking Solo by Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi. Well, uh, well, yeah, uh, that scene, uh, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. scene got I'm cut right. out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But, but even then. It's it's fucking bullshit. Like we don't know a damn thing about this guy. Why are we meant to care? Because I don't care. Make me care. But you didn't bring me to care. So why are we spending so much time on this fucking dead dude who we didn't learn about? We didn't know anything fucking about. He's just an idiot, and he just sits there and shoots at the fucking at Riva. And yeah, no, we just we just know that he's like sacrificing himself as just was- trying to like buy time for them. I guess he was important to that other pilot chick, but they never really established Yeah, but it. we didn't know her either, so there was no... Like, why are we wasting precious minutes that we have with Obi-Wan and Leia and the whole story and Vader? We're wasting it on these you know what? You know characters why? we don't give a shit about. You know why? It's because this was a movie, and then they had to stretch it out to a fucking show. Oh, it should have been a movie. Just make the cuts and so make they, it like a good, tangible movie. So they just movie. have to add shit. Oh my god. Know? <laughs> but like why not why not make instead of a series if you're gonna go the disney plus route just make it a movie on disney plus like it doesn't have to be that this crazy make financial sense to them <sighs> you know it was gonna be movie until solo flopped and i think that's why yeah they're they're I mean, they're too afraid now to make Star it would have been movies. way more sense to have obi-wan be a movie and han solo be a tv show like those characters oh, lend themselves better for those two completely. different formats yeah <laughs> like han solo is a space pirate he could run for like seven fucking seasons and you could still tell stories and there'll be fun dude even now like if they made a uh, a series on him like yeah. young with lando and all that that would be awesome yeah and uh, but this obi-wan is like a limited story like there's no but but now because of its success like kathleen kennedy is like oh maybe we'll do it in second season but like how are you gonna do that like i understand we have like scenes of fucking qui-gon and obi-wan sitting there learning and shit but like we can't have vader and obi-wan interact anymore so what's the fucking point like i don't know i'm I'm kind of worried about that you could make a vader series where he's going off and killing jedi and like trying to resurrect padme that would be really interesting Eh. But I, we can't have the characters interact anymore. So don't try to muddy the water even it's more. It's gonna be about Obi Wan hanging out in his hut and and. But but that's the thing. Him. You need inciting plot to advance the story, and just him learning more about the Force Ghost shit is not gonna advance the story. It's gonna be about Riva. Oh my god! Because they better. That's they, another they, thing. They, they fucking better not. The the show like was pretty closed. But the only hanging thing for me was the fact that there's this fucking person who knows the Skywalker secret who's out there. And I don't know what they intend to do with her, really. I, um, I hope nothing. She, she she reminds me a lot of Ventress in the sense that she was like a fallen Jedi, then get then gets redeemed. Yeah, somewhat. But I feel like she has to die before a new hope because there's yeah. little sense for her to be around. But... But I, I hope she's just written off into existence. So here, here's my whole thing. And this was going to be my final fucking critic, like major criticism of the show. So I have another off, one. But for, yeah, oh, all right. Well, all right. I'll, I'll make this pretty concise. Before I say anything, the actress did an incredible job. She Moses Ingram are you, are you did about an to awesome turn job. Racist? No, not at all. <laughs> no. no, dude, not even in the slightest. Moses Ingram right. did an incredible job with the stuff that she was given. 
<laughs> and she should not receive any hate for her work for doing what what she was assigned to do. Yeah. The writing and her character, I feel, were so bland and unmenacing and un... It was just so underdeveloped and shallow. And we focus so much time on it that it takes away from all the rest of the stuff. The best, easily, like, I feel like it's hands down, everyone agrees, the best and strongest stuff about this show is the connection between Vader and Obi-Wan and their conflict and the stuff that happens between them. Everything else is just sort of, like, on the side. But Reva's story... It it gets in the way of everything else, which is the problem. And so much of it doesn't really make sense. So, like, I have an issue with, like, I, I understand her plotline for revenge against Vader. But the way she goes about it is fucking, like... It just seems like why would why would that be like you're gonna sneak your way into the Inquisitors just to get access to Vader rather than like like working like sort of like the Cal Kestis way of going about being like a a Padawan on the run Mm -hmm. like she could have like taken that route which would have made more sense but like you're gonna you're gonna become evil just to get in a room with the guy who you hate to try to kill. And then her obsession with Obi-Wan is just to link her to Vader. And then she fails in that. And then she just suddenly goes off because of uh, Bail Organa's message that she sees. She just goes off and finds this kid that she ha- knows has some importance, but doesn't really know like anything about him. And she tries to kill him. Like That makes zero fucking sense. And all of her storyline was just so fucking predictable and bland. And... They just didn't. It, it it was like the um, the Battlefront Two storyline of like, and also uh, Fallen Order, of like these Imperials or you know, Inquisitors, and they start off evil and then they realize what they're doing is wrong and then they become good and it's just like this overplayed fucking thing. Like, I would much rather have a, a developed character who stays in their sort of morality, but develops as a person overall within that. And her character just felt so fucking hollow and wooden and it got in the way of everything else. And the, all the scenes where she was in, I was just like, hurry the fuck up so we can get on to the next thing. Like, especially in the finale. Oh yes. my God, yes. dude, the finale, I was so fucking hooked. It was the best episode by far, in my opinion. And I was so hooked on what was going on with Vader and Obi-Wan that all the scenes with Owen and Amperu and Reva, the only interest I had in that was that, like, wow, Owen and Beru are, like, yeah, kind of badass. And they're, you know, they're... Especially Beru was, like... Beru, Beru just is, like, stay like... strapped or get clapped. She just pulls out a bunch of guns out of nowhere. That actress, going, that actress that's, a, that's a great example of a day player who fucking yeah. showed up yeah. to but, play. But at, at the same time, they've been in this since episode two. Yeah, but she, she just said but hello. It was the most minor role, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But they did a great job. Anyway, so, like, that was the only strong part about that those scenes that I cared about. Like, I didn't give a fuck about Reva chasing Luke and all this garbage. Like, just get that over with to get to the Vader and Obi-Wan stuff. 
And we took so much time of the whole series just to get to that point, and it didn't pay off at all. I feel bad for Moses Ingram because her hate, I mean, obviously some people are just racist pieces of shit, but a lot of the hate is just because it was a badly written character and plot line that you could have made something so much better for this for this actress, you know? Yeah. Um, I have a lot of feelings on Riva. I didn't really... I was intrigued by, by her at the beginning because she she seemed childish and like yeah. not menacing as you say. Yeah. Yep. When they reveal her backstory, I was more intrigued and it kind of made sense why she was childish is because she has like this trauma from her childhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the idea that she was there slowly to gain Vader's trust or whatever and get a chance to kill him is a compelling thing in like in concept. But it was kind of not like it's nonsensical in the sense that this is fucking Darth Vader. Like, yeah. The fact that her plan was to just literally sneak up behind him and cut him with the yeah, lightsaber. Yeah. It's like, that's not a plan. <laughs> it's, it's just fucking dumb and there's like, no fault behind you've it. You've just had 20 years or whatever. Yeah, 10 tw- years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This shit. Yeah. 10 years to, to get to this point and you're just going to try to sneak like, up behind this guy? How are we going to kill him? Just strong, sneak up behind him. The strongest <laughs> force user in the galaxy. You're just, I'm just going to sneak up behind him. I'm going to give him a little shank. And also, Obi-Wan was like, you'll be able to kill him because all he'll be seeing is me. In that fucking sense, like, she should have cut him down while he was, like, trying to bring down the ship. That's when he would have right, been distracted. Yeah. Just <laughs> after, when he's all done and ready to fight back, he's like, yo, pick your moments. They just made her seem like a dumb child who grew up to be a dumb adult still yes. feeling like a child and just this perpetuating revenge scheme that she was going for. But at the same time, like, the other thing that pissed me the fuck off is... She survives two stabs to the gut. And right. the Grand Inquisitor survives a stab to the gut. So, like, how many fucking people are going to... Like, I understand the dark side has a, a, a stronger... <laughs> Revenge does wonders for the world yeah, to live. Yeah, yeah, So, like, you know, Darth Maul <laughs> survived being cut in half. Uh, Vader survives the fucking lava. You got the Grand Inquisitor surviving being stabbed. Rava being, like... You know, at at some point, especially in a series that has Qui-Gon literally in it, it <laughs> you have to have some sort of consequence. And the more characters that survive this sort of shit, it makes his impact and his death less right. impactful. Even though he's on the light and the light side is rejoicing and the, the <clears throat> welcoming of transforming into the living force, and the dark side, they're not able to become force ghosts and they focus on you know, desperation for survival. I understand all that, but you can't show three stabs to the gut in one fucking limited series and have it be impactful. I'm sorry. I, I'm, yeah, I'm confused. So, yeah, I was confused when she saw Bale's, Bail Organa's hologram. Yeah. And, uh, and then she went on to kill Luke it, they never made it explicit or clear. What what is it that she learned? Did she did she learn that he was Anakin's son, and that's why she no. wanted to kill him? So, so Bail Organa's message never said anything about Luke being Vader's son, right? What 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 I gathered from that is 
She failed in her task to kill Vader, and the only thing she had left is I failed in stopping Anakin slash Vader. Obi-Wan is to blame for his transformation. I'm going to fucking kill the thing that he's been protecting because he's the one that caused all of this. So he's trying to take that. She's trying to take that anger out on the person she's, or he's protecting, even though she doesn't know who the fuck he is or anything. Oh, that's quite a fucking leap for the show. Not to make that clear, but there's a lot of leaps in the show. Like a lot of people are questioning. How does she know that Vader is Anakin when most people would be killed? Well, they explained that that information. And I thought that was a fine explanation. I would, uh, I gathered that she read it from the archives. Well, no, but they they said it but in the then, show. But then eventually, like we see, like she saw Anakin's face. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, in, in the temple. Yeah. But, um, the thing is that they don't make they don't make clear why she's going to kill Luke. Like at the at, at first, I thought it was like, oh, she figured it out because his last name is Skywalker, and that's like public. Yeah. That oh, that must be Anakin's son. Therefore, I'm going to kill Vader's son because I hate Vader, and but also Vader doesn't know that he has a son, so that doesn't really make sense. And. <laughs> and yeah. hates everyone anyway. But, but also, time out before I forget. Yeah. Bad, 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 bad writing. Why the fuck? Uh, just imagine being Bail Organa, right? Yeah, no, he's an idiot. Dude, oh my <laughs> fucking god. And I didn't even like think about this it, like as it happened, but the next watch throw was like, oh my god. What a fucking moron. Yeah. So imagine you're like... Obi-Wan, where are you? Why haven't you brought Leia back? Something's definitely wrong. I'm going to send you this message and immediately tell you, if you don't get back in you know, a short amount of time, I'm then going to go and to go Tatooine. to Tatooine to go be with the boy, the boy. No, and help Owen. He name-dropped everyone. Yeah, he name-dropped it to help Owen. So I'm going to go to Owen and protect the boy. Like you, if 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 you have an inkling that Obi Wan is either captured or killed, and someone else might receive this message or see it, why the fuck would you lay that information out? Also, oh, the the reason why that hologram like fell to the ground or whatever was also kind of fucking goofy. Haja left it that you just forgot it. Yeah, like, it's just like plot. I mean, at least his character was like somewhat of a buffoon already. Yeah, like, but uh, he he was honestly one of the side characters that I I like enjoyed more than the others. He was enjoyable, and I, I thought he was a fun concept. The idea of this guy conning people. Yeah, I thought it was a, I thought it was a cool idea. <laughs> but, but also, why Riva didn't just murder him I love, immediately? I, I, I love I that. Know. I love that moment when he like Kenobi goes to him for the first time, and and he's like, "I have yeah. to live in the shadows because t- uh, the light is unforgiven for people of my kind." Yeah, and then he was like, and I have to like, and then he tells him his price to tell him how to whatever, and mm-hmm. then he's like, oh my, oh dear, the light is unforgiving or something like that. Everyone <laughs> says, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I thought was really good. Um, another thing that I want to bring up is probably my last gripe, and it's a small thing, but it's an important thing to me because it's mm-hmm. one of the things I was worried coming into the show, and the show didn't live up to my expectation of this was matching Alec Guinness. Um, I thought Ian McGregor did it well with the accent and everything, 
but I feel like his physical appearance uh, should have and could have been much closer, especially considering that we're literally nine years away from him becoming that right. old, decrepit son of a bitch. Hey, bro, those uh, those twin sons of Tatooine. Yeah, but what about the first ten years in those twin hey. sons of Tatooine? Well, he was uh, hiding in the cave. Yeah. No, that's a bullshit. <laughs> uh, um, he was working on, on like killing, like uh, cutting, cutting meat, meat off from, of the whale, the, from the sand like, whale. whale. Yeah, and um, like, they, like just gray his hair. Just meet me in the fucking middle. Yeah, you they, know they they, they could have done a better they, job with that. They, they didn't need to do much else than that. Yeah, and, they didn't they didn't really do anything. Like if you you like just spray his hair a little bit. Yeah, dude, where did it go? Yeah, uh, I feel like his voice was was closer. He did he did better with the voice, yeah. Um, but yeah, just I wasn't I wasn't seeing Alec Guinness. I was still just seeing prequel Obi Wan, and the, the 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 discrepancy between the two actors was already big between Revenge of the Sith yeah. and New Hope. But you could like sort of mentally like yeah. forgive it, right? But th- like this is really hard. But now it's even closer <laughs> in time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, yeah, like that bugged me. But at the end of the day, like you know, most of the characters heavily age that are on Tatooine. You know, Aunt Beru, Uncle Owen, uh, you name it. But most people on the even fucking Qui Gon's ghost, bro, looks looks so much fucking older. Yeah, <laughs> Dude, I, I I heard that he recorded that at his house. Oh, that would be awesome. And they, they put him in the film from his recording. But hold on. So um, what was I going to get at? Um, oh, my God. You, you fucking talking about that just made me forget it. Um, there's more that we haven't discussed. The, the, oh, oh, the whole um, the whole Vader fight with the final scene. Yes. Ah. Let me that's, say that's 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 worth the price of admission. That that exactly that was exactly what I could have hoped for. Yes, and that made all the rest worth it because yes. that scene was perfect in my eyes. Yes, the the way that they handled um, the the hating Christensen by the way. Oh my god! Yeah, no, he killed it. Oh, his, that little moment. His acting, bro was incredible yes it felt you feel this tortured soul that is so conflicted between the light and the dark where like he's constantly fighting to to keep anakin at bay and anakin's just in there somewhere and that little like evil fucking smile he does and you see like literally like the eyes like start blue and then become uh yellow and he when he does that little smile I was the I feel like I was the only one to notice because I didn't see anyone else like mention it. It's literally the face of the Hannibal poster. Where it's like half the face oh. is covered in darkness and then the one face with the red eye and the the evil smile. Right, right, right. And that's exactly what we see on Hayden Christensen's face there. But that whole scene, man, the dialogue, the combat, um, the oh uh fucking Ewan McGregor's acting there. With the crying, like apologizing to Anakin, it was fucking perfect, and I loved how he fully embraced that his friend was dead, his brother, and that's why he starts calling him Darth, which yes. ties into Episode yes. Four, that which was makes great. complete sense. 
and it it perfectly shows that Luke was the only one possible to bring him back to the light because Ahsoka broke one half of his mask, Obi-Wan broke the other half of his mask, and only Luke was able to fully take the mask off. Oh, that's, and a, it's, that, it's, that's some nice symbolism, I, I, I did not come up with that. <laughs> okay, so, there you go. But, so I, I can't take credit for that. I've heard it. I've heard it before I said it. Cool. But um, excellent symbolism they put in the show. And um, the other thing, I loved how he said, uh, my friend is truly dead, which echoes Luke's line from episode six. Yes. My father is so, truly dead. So, so um, one of the main worries that I think we both had with this show was how it was going to contradict uh, the original show, specifically New Hope. Uh, the learner and the master line. But I feel like, if anything, it really was very successful at enhancing it rather than detracting from it. Somewhat. Uh, Somewhat. Yeah. There is some stuff like the, the when I left you, I was put the learner, now I am the master. That still doesn't quite work for me. Most of Vader's dialogue and uh, also Tarkin talking about Obi-Wan. Yeah. It, it felt sort of like... Because the only way it works in my mind is if Vader never told Tarkin or anyone that he was defeated by Obi-Wan in a new confrontation. Which he might not because of out of anger and shame and like uh, frustration of what happened and like being defeated again. He might like hide that fact. Well, at least from the higher ups in the fucking command. Right, but it like doesn't Tarkin. really... But that doesn't really play into it, though. So the the dialogue between Tarkin and uh, Vader in Episode Four, Tarkin is so doubtful that Obi Wan is still alive yeah. after all this time. And if it's only been nine years, if Tarkin knows about their confrontation now, then it like why would that be inconceivable? This like nine years since he once defeated me in combat. And you don't think he's possibly still alive? And I'm all that's left of the religion? Like, why? It just doesn't really make sense. Unless Vader kept it under wraps, you know? Yeah, I don't think... Yeah, I don't think Vader would have talked about that at all. Yeah. <laughs> How he got his act, ass kicked. Yeah. Um, probably only to the Emperor. That was another weird thing. Oh, another... he looked weird, dude. He yeah, looked... no. I, it wasn't I, just I... me, right? No, I was gonna say I. Well, I thought he looked closer to like the Return of the Jedi version than the Revenge of the Sith version, which which is nice and makes sense. But he looked just older. I think it's probably what it was. He he definitely looked older. Um, but I was gonna say uh, there was a moment in Star Wars Rebels. So so in this show, they they make it seem like the he tells the Emperor that Obi Wan is alive and they're still out there. And uh, speaking to that Tarkin line that you said. About Tarkin not assuming that he's already dead. There's right. a line in Rebels when when Vader talks to the Emperor, where they're talking about the fact that he found Ahsoka. Mm -hmm. Like he said, the the apprentice of Anakin Skywalker live, like and she could lead to other Jedi such as Kenobi. Vader says, "Yeah," and uh, which is closer, that's further down the timeline. And uh, the Emperor says... It's five years after, right? Something like that, yeah. From Obi-Wan, yeah. Uh, and the Emperor says, uh, perhaps if he lives, 
So there's also this thing where the emperor kind of puts it up in the air. Like everyone's kind of doubting that he that Obi Wan is around anymore. Uh, both the emperor and Tarkin. Tarkin makes right. sense because Tarkin wouldn't know. But uh, the Emperor is one where I was like, what do you mean if he lives? Like, he's definitely not... Like, if he survived Vader's confrontation again, like, why would he die of, like, old age if he's just, like, 60? <laughs> like, you know, yeah, right. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. And none of the Inquisitors have reported have found him. So, um, unless they do Season 2 and then they retcon it again. Yeah. Uh, what I, what I would have... Love to see it was Riva coming back to Vader and telling him that Obi Wan died, and him killing her without him believing her. And you know that that's way... that's what was written in the spoilers for the show. Yes, yes. Which you know it would have made more sense if their confrontation happened that way. Yes, and then we avoid this whole Riva going to kill Luke thing. Like I think. Just story-wise, it would have made more sense to happen at the end and then close out Reva's story with her attempting to kill Vader, which was her ultimate goal. And that's how her storyline closes because now her her story's just open to whatever, even though we don't care, at least most people I know, don't seem to really give a fuck about this character and like what happens to her because they just underwritten her and made her just like this... It, it it's just a bland story, man. Um, I I don't know. I yeah. just like I don't give a fuck to see what happens to Riva past this. Yeah, no, no, I agree. Um, well, you know what I, was the, I you was, know what was would watch it, but uh, I'm interested to see where they take her. But I don't know. What whatever. I just don't want it to be in an Obi Wan show. <laughs> yeah, it would. I don't want her own spin-off show, though. Like, if they were going to show no, it, but like, just have sh- it, have it in, like, fucking Andor or something. Just, yeah, that's what I mean. That's what it's going to bring up. Uh, uh, O'Shea Jackson. O'Shea had, Jackson Jr. Yeah, whatever. He had a line <laughs> where he was like, uh, I'm just getting started, you know? I'm going to be a rebel leader now. And um, and I thought, yeah. oh, okay, spin-off? Dude. Like then he, I was, he would be a perfect. I feel like he's definitely going to show up in Andor. That's what I said. He, he did. He's a good actor. He did a good job with the role that he had. But again, I feel like his character and this, all the side characters were just very bland, underwritten, not important. Didn't give a fuck about them. And there was nothing really in there to make us care. Because we're focused so much on the rest of the time on Obi Wan and Leia and what's going on with them. And then suddenly these characters just appear and there's no time for them to develop or give us any sort of backstory or reason for their fight or anything like that. And we're just left with this bland rebel character done by, you know, a good actor. But it's just like, it's a shame that we have six episodes and there's not enough time to develop any of the side characters because of the way they wrote the show. Yeah, but I feel like he would be a perfect candidate. He would be good to, for Andor to, to be in to Andor. Progress, yeah, and and you could introduce that whole the path, uh, yeah. story, which I the, thought that was a cool underground concept. Underground railroad, the the underground railroad thing of like smuggling junglings. I thought that was really cool. 
well, uh, just force sensitive people, just right? Not, not just yeah, young exactly. Ones, but yeah. but yeah. I thought that that was a cool concept and made total sense. Yeah, it made the Star Wars sense. world. Yeah, I like that little mantra they had about like the light or whatever. You know, I was kind of surprised. I I really thought they were gonna show uh, what's his name, Quinlan Voss. Quinlan Voss. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're probably saving it for. He's moved his troops to Boss Pity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I feel like he could beat Andor, and if they're gonna he do the be. whole the whole path thing. Like and Reva's gonna try to redeem herself. Yeah, they like like the fact that she couldn't save her her family, which were the other younglings. I feel like maybe she she probably get in on that action. If if there's room for her in a way that makes sense to the story, yeah, and complements it, then I'm all for it. But otherwise, like just just fucking leave it out. Yeah, and I, I, it it also it, it feels organic to Andor, given that. If it's gonna lead up to Rogue One, I feel like Rogue One with the whole Jedi thing, you know. Yeah. Like it, it always felt like the the Jedi had like a very background presence in Rogue yeah. One. Yeah. And uh, I feel like they could like seed those ideas in the Ender show about the the Jedi no longer being around. Um, I want a Borg gullet, a Star Wars story <laughs> spinoff. You know the truth. Borg gullet. Well, um, you know the, the rumors are Sagar is going to be in it, so he should be. I mean, it, it would see Borgolet. Yeah, I want to see Borgolet's like backstory. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he he receives like an egg or whatever. You know the truth. <laughs> um, he receives like a, a, an egg in a basket of of a future Borgolet. Yeah, he's like Borgolet. Oh my god, Borgolet. <laughs> um yeah dude one thing i i don't i don't know if i ever talked to you about this because you've been mia for fucking the entire series um the editing really bothered me with this show why and also the the special effects too i'll get into that special effects suck. just remind me the actually no i'll just touch on that real quick the lightsaber why did the glow on the lightsabers look so off well, well, it was it, such a harsh light compared to the rest of all of Star Wars that we've seen. The the it's, it's like these neon lights that just glow in their yeah, faces. Their filming technique is different now than it was uh, in the prequels. They should have fixed it. In that it doesn't uh, look good. The lightsabers now on set they are they are actually are right, like right. lots of light, and before that they were just like a little yeah you know. It, it just it does not look good so, on, the, so, on faces. So the the when lightsabers are in the dark or whatever, they actually reflect light on on the actors and on their environment. Right. As, but in the prequels, it didn't because they yeah they were they didn't have any light source. So yeah, that's part of the reason. But like it, the the fucking I was gonna there there was a shot of uh in the last episode when the star destroyer is chasing the 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 ship. Yeah. That shit was like so fucking cheap. I yeah, when when it's weaving side by side, it looks yeah, really, it, lo- it looks. So, uh, who is it? Um, fucking uh, Angry Joe, the Angry Joe show on YouTube. Yeah, he was like, dude, it looks like fucking space balls. The the CGI is so bad. Right, right. When right. it's fucking getting chased by the star destroyer, like yeah. it really does look really cheap. And yeah. the other thing, uh. You know, I'll just touch on this before I get to my main point that I was trying to make. The it's so weird. Like I understand Vader's lust to get Obi Wan, but they couldn't think to <laughs> just maybe like Obi-Wan. send 
they couldn't think to maybe send one of the thousands of of tie fighters after the rebels while the rest of them go for obi-wan or vice versa or vader just get in a tie fighter and break off from the main crew to go after obi-wan like why divert the entire star destroyer over to obi-wan and also why would the grand inquisitor not want to focus his attention on the Jedi when his whole goal and the Inquisitor's goal is to hunt Jedi. <laughs> so he's like, no, let's go for the rebel cell rather than let's go after one of the most popular and important Jedi in the Jedi order. Well, I forgave him there because the the whole point of that rebel cell is that they, they're like fostering force sensitives. So to him, he's thinking of like yeah, a future, a future. I, I get headache. that. I get that. But at the same time, just like it's the logic of let's. Why don't we go for both ships? Well, yeah, sure. Like well, you know. if 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 he questioned that, like let's send some Tie Fighters after them. And Vader's like, no, turn the ship over to that. Like just in his blind rage for Obi Wan, that would have made more sense. Now that you mentioned the Grand Inquisitor, I gotta say he did a great job. That that actor. And I Rupert thought, Friends did a good job with the role that he had, but it's, I, I, it's, I loved his personality. The fact that the Grand Inquisitor was such a sassy bitch. I yeah, really he that. is. But God, he had like no time in this fucking show. It yeah, was but it's, it's fine. Such a waste of the character. Like I would have rathered more of him than fucking Riva. It's and, fine. Or even Riva's story might have been better if he had more interactions with her. You know, maybe. Um. But anyway, I was back to my main point. Yeah. Um, God, the editing of this show, for the most part, was really fucking bad. And nothing is more blatant to me than the scene of Reva on the hologram talking to Vader in his castle in episode three. For the first time in film history, Vader does not breathe a single time on frame in that whole like minute and a half scene in every single other scene, every single other one of Vader on screen, whether it's an action shot or combat or a dialogue scene, he is always, always breathing in that whole scene. He does not breathe a single time. And it is all just an editing mistake. Like, but how no one who was like quality controlling the episode, like watching over it to like check to like make notes and stuff, how no one noticed that it drives me insane that the most iconic villain of all time, no one notices that he's not breathing. Well, uh, to, to be fair to them, I also didn't fucking notice, nor do I care. I'm su- I'm surprised <laughs> out of you because you're you yeah, think, but it's like you think with a filmmaking and editing mind too. But but I don't. But yeah, but I don't give a shit. It's just like yeah, well, like if there's points in the movies where where he just stops reading for a little while so he can put out a line, and it's just I I feel like I don't feel like it. It, it probably was like a dramatic thing you more than anything. You can't have that continuity issue on the most iconic villain of all time. Like his, he is known for his breathing. You get people who haven't even seen Star Wars, and they go, "Yeah," because that's what they know of him as a villain. And you can't just have a fucking scene of him and not have that in it. Like it's lazy. It is so lazy that no one noticed this in order to fix it. 
Like, I don't care if you have a scene in fucking Mandalorian season two where there's like a fucking boom pole operator in the background, like hiding that they then later on digitally edit out. Like, that's like a small little thing compared to this. Like, you can't. How do you make this major fucking mistake where the most iconic villain of all time and you're editing literally frame by frame and you don't notice in all of this editing time that it takes you to fucking put this this episode together that you don't have him breathe it's just it's so fucking astronomically lazy to me and baffling that someone did this and that no one at disney or lucasfilm or you know where's dave filoni i praise this man up and down like him and john what are they doing doing? they're literally like 70 shows oh my god man Somebody has to be able to point this shit out and fix it before we see it because it's fucked up. We deserve better. And just because you didn't notice it doesn't mean it's not wrong and it shouldn't be fixed. Whatever. You know Uh, what? I would be happy if they went back now and put it in because the show would be better with it. Just give, just, just make it better. Um, uh, To me, it's like a non issue. The the editing in Booga Booga Fett was way worse. It was very bad in Book of yeah. Um the the composing in this. Oh fuck. Can I just, please just another half yeah, of yeah. renting? Can I please just say I am so let down by the composing. Like we have you have themes of you have perfect themes of these characters. Leia, Obi-Wan, and Darth Vader. You have the fucking Imperial March, and we don't hear it until the very last fucking episode and like the final moments. What are you doing? What are you doing? The music was so fucking forgettable. It was garbage. Yeah, so I, I saw an interview with the composer. I can't remember her name. She did the Loki show, which had a good soundtrack. And uh, one of the things that she brought up, I, I remember, was the fact that she felt like the 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 characters wouldn't arrive to their to the place they were gonna be in when in in the main saga story, you know, like towards the end of the show, that's when they're ready for a new hope mm-hmm. kind of deal, and that like the the John Williams themes wouldn't be would be unearned before getting to that last place. Like that's why Vader's theme you hear for the first time when he says like Kenobi means nothing. Because that's the place where we find him in A New Hope where he's just like dead inside and doesn't care about anything or anyone. Uh, as opposed to the beginning of this show where he's still volatile and shit. Right. And Leia also like gets locked into place and that's when the first time we hear her theme. Uh, which I thought was interesting, uh, an interesting concept and I, I buy it because I feel like Rogue One did something very similar too. Right. Uh, with Vader's theme at the end. But the reason why it sucks... It's not because the the main themes weren't there, it but it's because be the, the because it's, it's because the themes that were were there were not any good, were not memorable. Exactly. Uh, it felt like royalty also in, free. Also in Rogue One, you had Michael Giacchino. Yeah, he who is it. a fucking legend. Yeah, that guy made Lost music. Yeah, the, all the music for the show Lost, and I was literally brought to tears by his composing. Yeah. If you're able to have that gift, like, you know that anything you make is going to be fucking gold. He's one of the ones, like, fucking Hans Zimmer, John Williams, all the legends. Like, this guy has a staple in history of composing. Like, but this this composer, it, it was just so unforgettable. Even, even John Powell, who did Solo, 
really did a great soundtrack. Yeah, even Solo was a lot better. Yeah. Uh, and this one, like, dude, Mandalorian is like such a Iconic, great soundtrack. Iconic, dude. Even Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> dude, it's, yeah, even Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, it had good composing. This that, is just... that theme, that theme fucking bops. I'll just yeah. be sitting there and I'll just go. Yeah, but this one was like, there's nothing. Nothing. The, the only good thing was the the Obi Wan theme, because it was John Williams. Yeah, and even that even that wasn't like. Used to full effect. I felt. I could not. I could not hum one piece that this composer made, not one. I remember the, there was like a like a Vader motif. I think when the when when he showed up, but I I don't remember it anymore. It's it's even more angering that like in the trailer we're hyped up with literally the duel of fates. Yes, and we don't get that in the show. Also. I watched a YouTube video yesterday. I have to send it to you. Somebody put in the episode three music into the final. Uh, it, it's like the um, Battle of the Heroes. Battle of the Heroes. Yeah. And also some like Anakin's Dark Deeds and all the other songs mm-hmm. mixed into the final moments of the sh- of the, the duel with them. And it's fucking brilliant. It makes it so much better. Like, why didn't they do that? I feel like this show is going to get fan edited to death with uh, like new soundtracks. You know, you know me. I'm not a huge fan of fan edits, like even the ones you made. Like it it should like I like that people do it. But at the same time, like I think it shouldn't have to be a thing. Just make sure. good quality content that people can enjoy. Yeah. But for this, it's like just go and watch it with the episode three music and it's. It's masterful, dude. It's, <laughs> it's so much better. I buy it. I buy it. No, yeah, the the soundtrack sucked, sucked balls. They sucked balls. It was like one thing where where I like watching the first three episodes or thing. Like just midway through the show, I remember. I think I pointed it out to you. It's like the soundtrack is like royalty free YouTube music. Yeah, it like, it does feel like that. Uh, yeah, ah, uh, uh, such a waste. I can't believe like John Williams. He, he he did a theme for this, and uh, the fucking person, the, the the woman who did it, was great composer, whatever in the other show. Yeah, but she was not able to live up to uh, the the main theme yep. for John Williams's work. Yeah, uh, which is not insurmountable because other composers have done it. You can't compare yourself to the John Williams, but you know what? Like, use some of his themes. You could even just use some of the little like cues of but his themes in your in your composing. Even like Ludwig, it would be better. Ludwig Göransson. Ludwig Göransson, yeah. He like the the to me the cleverest thing he he ever did was to ignore the Star Wars sound and yes. make his own sound. Made his own because yeah, it's like instantly recognizable. Uh oh yeah, and I feel like uh, uh, this composer was just like doing like the Diet Coke version of Star Wars. That's exactly Music. right. I, I think that's a good uh, comparison. Uh, and it sucked. <laughs> and it then sucked. you will die. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I don't know, man. Uh, I... <laughs> so what would you give the series out of 10? The other day, somebody asked me and I said 7.5. However, now after an hour and a half of talking shit about it, um, 
maybe 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 a seven. Seven out of ten. Yeah, I'm at like a there's it's no it's not going higher than a seven for me. Right. And and that's even with the you know, overall there's a lot of things that I really didn't like and there's some things that I really loved, you know? Yeah, for it, sure. It's a it's a mix of the two. For sure. And it really is strongest in the final two episodes, especially the final episode. Um, the the stuff with their final duel was perfect to me, and I absolutely loved it. Everything else, I couldn't give a fuck for. Like compared to that, that moment was worth everything to me. Like I say, in, in concept, the paper in paper looks all great. Yeah, the execution was lacking. Yeah, exactly. It it came down to a lot of different factors, um, with especially the writing and the directing for me. But I would say solid seven would be... And that's like... That's generous. That's generous, yeah. It's, it's generous. It's a high, it, like, uh, yeah, a high it, seven. It's still better than Boba Fett. <laughs> it's true. Although, but, although that little Boba Fett, like, I feel like Boba Fett had, had higher highs. Uh, with, with, like, the Luke episode. Because that felt so cinematic. In a way that none none of the show did. But how many times could we just pull this charade of here's Luke Skywalker? Like I don't give a shit. It looked way better and felt more Star Warsy than anything in this show. Uh, you're right, but it, <laughs> but it was such a slap in the face. Like everything about Mando and Luke in Boba Fett. No, just I know. Completely was a know, slap but just, in the face to his character and the show. The show in general. I'm just talking in isolation. Like yeah, a, yeah I get a, it. Yeah, a higher high. I know. I know. I know. That's that's one. Yeah, so it is what it is, but they they really got to learn these lessons because we have a lot of the the shrill fan base that just accepts anything they see and cameos and stuff like that that make them just go, oh, this is 10 out of 10, perfect, amazing. And then they don't get any feedback, which actually matters. Like, we care to make them have good content. We want to see good content fix the mistakes that are already present in all the shows and it, it'll be so much better. Like just stop treating Mando like this golden child. And then everything else, like the, the fucking redheaded stepchild that's stuck in the fucking attic. Like give the, give it the attention that it deserves and all fats to the production and we'll all enjoy it so much more. Yeah, for sure. If they're going to do a season two, which I hope they don't, I hope they, don't. they do. I would prefer to have a new director just to spice things up a little bit. Me too. But maybe Filoni when he's done doing his seventy shows. That's what I'm saying. Give it, give it Favreau or Filoni. Yeah, mostly Filoni because he he knows those characters better. You know. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Anyway, I think that's it, kids. Um, this is a long one, but yeah. it was it was it was deserved because. They've been missing our content since Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah, you starved. I blame you. <laughs> well, of course you would. Wouldn't you? Of course I would. I've been trying to get you to come on for fucking weeks. Yeah, yeah but how long it was the last time we released the episode of Boba Fett? More uh, than weeks. It's, it was February. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. It's only the last couple of weeks where you were like, you know. Our bad guys. Yeah, our bad. bad. Anyway. But well, let us know what you think. Yeah, let us know what you think. We're gonna start coming back with uh, discussions of the new shows coming out. Yes, the Jude Law show. Jude Law that we know nothing about. Yeah. Um, 
everything else going on. But, you know, we'll talk about that in the future. Yes, yes. Let us know what you think about Obi-Wan. And may the force be with you. Always. Thank you very much.